Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Hammers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And of course, my sex and my happiness. <laughs> I couldn't talk about it if I didn't, <laughs> if I didn't you know, go through the same things and learn things on my own show um, that you learn. So I'm right here alongside you, maybe a couple steps ahead. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about what happens when lovers fight with each other, when they attack each other. What I'm sure you're familiar with this. We all are. I'm sorry, by the way, that you are familiar with it. I'm sorry that I'm familiar with it, but I, it's all too common. And my guest today is Seva Kalsa, and Seva stumbled upon the blossoming sexual healing movement based in Sedona, Arizona, a few years ago, quite a few years ago. And When Lovers Attack is the first book in a series detailing what he learned on his journey from sexual healer to more mainstream sex and relationship coaching. So, Seva, mm-hmm. welcome to Sex and Happiness. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I like the title of your podcast. Oh, yeah. It's about sex and happiness. I think they go hand in hand. Oh, I don't yeah. think. For sure. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think people can be happy if they're not moving sexual energy. And I don't think people can be sexy if they're not happy. I think that it's, you know, like maybe they can escape into sex, like an addiction if they're not happy. But great sex comes from great happiness. And they, you know, it's like a, it's like a, uh, a figure eight, like an infinity symbol. Sex and happiness, I think they just feed each other. Absolutely, absolutely. I think a lot of people suppress that information in their lives they seek out or try to be happy or try to live um but underneath there's the the something is missing often yeah well starting with self-love and (laughs) self-happiness yep yep and then going to trying to find that you know in a partner, like if I find this partner, this this will make me happy. Right. Well said. Yeah. So Start, it's not start. an outside. No, no. It's all, it's very much within. Exactly. So you and I are on the same page and we knew that. We always mm-hmm. knew that. Yes. Although we don't see that much of each other. We live in the same state. Um, <laughs> still, <laughs> still. We're, we've been on the same page for a long time. Right. Well, you, you so have to you wrote, come up. You wrote this. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, so you wrote this book, When Lovers Attack, but I heard you say I have to come up more often, and I guess that's true. <laughs> right. I don't make it to Sedona very often. Right. Yeah. In, so, the, in the summer is a good time. Yeah, I guess so, but I'm 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 all over the world, so I right. it's hard to get a day trip. Yeah. Um, when I'm, when I'm home, I just like to be home swimming in my pool. So <laughs> sounds yeah. great. 
Yeah. So you wrote this book, When Lovers Attack. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I want to I find out from you, like, what led up to it? Like, did you know that you were going to be a sex revolution person, that you were going to be part of the, up, you know, the blossoming sexual movement of freedom and sovereignty? Did your guidance counselors tell you that? Or, you know, how did you get to be who you are? What did you study first? Or what did your parents tell you to be? You know, what's your story? Great. Uh, good question. Um, well, I didn't get a lot of guidance from my parents. My, my mother was very conservative, shut down, and, you know, loving, but knew nothing about the world. Absolutely nothing. And my father was gone a lot. So um, I didn't get a great um, sending off. And I always felt a little bit um, separated from mainstream. I felt counterculture for a long time. Uh, Very early on, was a hippie for a while and then got into Kundalini yoga. And that was my first direction, really. I became a Kundalini yoga teacher and joined the, that movement um, was alternative for about 15 years. And that, Oh, that's how you got the name. That's how I got the name. Kalsa. Yep. So Seva, doesn't that mean so- selfless? Service? Yes. Selfless service. And that's when I first selfless. was introduced to Tantra as well. And in this case, it was white Tantra. Uh, which to me was, I mean, I did uh, acid and psilocybin mushrooms and stuff like that and totally got transformed and had great experiences. Uh, But there was always side effects for me because my body was kind of sensitive. And so when I discovered Kundalini yoga and white Tantra, it was a way to, totally trip, totally transform, totally go on a journey without side effects. And actually had positive side effects, which was made my body feel good and my heart open. And I would be feeling great for days and weeks after a major workshop or a major gathering. And white Tantra is non-sexual tantra where you're just sitting cross-legged facing your partner in those days it was always opposite gender um and doing mudras and mantras and asanas uh with great intensity and great length of time like we might do five or six hour long sessions in a day in four or five days in a row so it was very intense, and there would be times when you were holding a posture, and a hundred times during that hour, you would think you were going to die because your arms were going to give out or something, or you're going to faint. Uh, but then you'd go through it, and you and your partner would go through it together, and you'd get through this, and it would be a major accomplishment, and you just have this continuously transformative experience over many hours and days. So that was a really awesome anchoring thing and uh, led me into kind of a mystical realm for a while. Uh, 
then I decided to finish up my degree in psychology, got educated, became more um, rational, mainstream oriented. Uh, I got into, sorry. You were in that, was that called the 3HO movement? Was that called the 3HO movement? Yogi Bhajan? Yogi Bhajan. Yeah. 3HO. Yep. Exactly. So, so were you wearing white clothes and Birkenstocks and you wore a turban? I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I could just I could picture you now. <laughs> you can? All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well yeah, I still have still have friends that are still doing that. Although Yogi Bhajan died about ten years ago, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I the reason I'm asking you, I I um for a long time I used to get um, music from White Swan Records, and those people were all devotees of of that Kundalini source, and um, they lived in Colorado. And uh, but I I mean, I have many friends who have gone through that as well. So I just wanted to know if you did that all the way. Imagine if you changed your name to Seva Elsa, you did it all the way. (laughs) I did it all the way. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, even to this day, uh, I practice Kundalini Yoga every day. And Sanatamkar, many of your listeners probably have heard of, is one of my favorite musical artists. Is that the person who sings Mool Mantra? She sings a lot of mantras. I use one of hers. I've used it for years and years and years. I would suspect you have. Yeah. Mool Mantra. Yeah. Wow. So amazing. You know, I never asked you about this in all the times that we've seen each other. So it's great to hear this background story. So then when you were studying psychology, you Mm -hmm. did, you, you were going to, you were like a regular matriculating university student or you had a job and you were uh, Uh, taking school. At that point I was, I had, yes. uh, At that point I was doing it in my free time. Uh, I had a business, a uh, natural foods company at the Got time. It. So that I was my own boss. So I was able to spend the time I wanted to on getting a, getting my degree. Beautiful. Okay. Wonderful. So it's always good to hear where people come from, you know, because when right. people are listening to this, to this show, they're like, you know, a lot of times I, they, they're probably thinking, I, I could never be like that person. I could never do what that person did. And I want people to know the background of others so that they know that, you know, my guests are not that different from all of them. They just chose a different path, perhaps a little earlier on. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that led to this and that led to that and that led to something else. And that leads to you writing this book um, and, and having some wisdom about uh, lovers attacking, I'm sure that inside, you know, like in your own life, you probably know something about that. Yes, I do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, I do that's, too. Yes. Uh, that's, I do that's, too. And so everyone does, but they don't admit it. Go ahead. That's right. They don't admit it. And um, yeah, that's very well said. Um, I am so ordinary. <laughs> I am really, I mean, I have, I have, kind of a physically fit body and fairly attractive, but um, 
you know, I was, I grew up so shy and so fearful and so shut down emotionally that I am like 180 degrees difference from then in those ways. Uh, I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing. I was lucky enough to fall in love with a therapist in the early 90s. And she was the one that changed, changed my direction. And she got me into wow. uh, a peer counseling group. I learned how to hold space. I learned how to process my own emotions, how to share my own emotions and not feel shame about them. And to share emotions, I discovered actually felt good that it wasn't a horrible thing that one should never do as a man. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was such a big thing. And I think part of, part of the issue with lovers attacking each other is this backlog of emotion that gets built up and women have this problem too, but uh, in not knowing how to, how and when to express emotions, how to clear what's bothering us. And then it builds up and then it comes out in a way we, that's uncontrollable. Right. You, it's kind of like, to me, I, I compare it to being sick with the flu or starting to get sick with the flu. And you, you know, your body starts to get shaky you, you, you get these hot flashes, you get starting to get nauseous, and you know from prior experience that, ah, there's going to be vomiting coming up <laughs> in the next 12 hours, or there's going to be a run to the toilet, you know, coming out the other end or something. And you go, oh, fuck. But it's, you know, it's unstoppable. And so, Right. All of this happens in a few seconds within an emotional outburst. But it's the same kind of mechanism. Well, we're going to. Anyway, we're going to take we're actually going to take a break here because okay. this right. is a really good lead in to the next segment. And I want people to stay tuned. Okay. And I want them to like hear you out about what this all means. So. We're going to leave okay. people at that. And okay. you who are listening, you know what he's talking about because, because you've all experienced this, these flu-like symptoms that have to do with emotions. So this is really a great place. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm interviewing Seva Khalsa, and he just gave the perfect setup for what lovers attacking means. <laughs> so, and he's written a book called When Lovers Attack. And so that's, that's why, why we're talking even about all this, because this is a perfect book for those people who don't seem to have any idea about how to handle their emotions and they come out in an attack. But we're gonna find out more in the next segment, so stay tuned, we're coming right back. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? 
You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to Butterfly Workshops dot com that's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of sex and happiness my question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this because many women say that their feelings of desire arousal and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like so I want to tell you about Zestra because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So... I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. You are listening to Sex and Happiness, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And I'm interviewing Seva Khalsa today, and he just really described the symptoms 
of emotions gone wild um, when they feel like they have to, you have to vomit them out or even worse, you have to shit them out. And so on somebody else, <laughs> your partner. <laughs> uh huh. So uh, that's what we're talking about. Now, Seva, you gave a perfect description. If there's anybody listening who can't identify with that, like, I don't know what country they grew up in. Sometimes I think people think they grew up in Disneyland, but I know that people have experienced this with their parents and they've experienced this, you know, like in their houses growing up and they've experienced it. They've duplicated it and replicated it in their own relationships. So tell us more. Okay. Right. Um, so this, the vomiting is, as you said, it relates back to your past, your parents, um, far, prior relationships where there's some kind of uh, issues or wounding that's happened um, and your current partner just triggers that in you some, in some fashions. Um, and the, the triggering is automatic like, or it's not in, not really under your control at some point, like getting sick and, and puking. And you do puke on your partner. <laughs> um, and that partner feels that. And that's a little bit of trauma for that partner. Now, when you first fell in love, none of this stuff was happening. You go into a state of everything is cool. To me, I, I, rec I compare it in the book to um, MDMA or ecstasy, the drug, and which renders you uh, with 100% empathy for almost everything. Like your partner could say or do anything. You go, that is so cool. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> um, your partner admits to a, a love affair or something, let's say. And you go, wow, that must have been so exciting or so satisfying or something instead of recoiling in horror. So that's, that's the power of empathy, the power that um, falling in love does for you, a similar thing where all the things that might be annoying about your lover are just so adorable. And you, it seems like you have just this um, um, bottomless well of understanding. But after the chemicals change, in the love relationship, then the things that the partners are like normally start to be seen and become annoying and then, or upsetting. And then there's the, this confusion about, Oh, why is that that way? It's what's wrong. And there's kind of the first initial response to that is to try to, gloss over it or suppress it or just not think about it. But uh, most of the time these things don't go away. And so they build up and then they start coming out and they're, they're even self-inflicted things. Many of them are self-inflicted. I had this one couple who is, like uh, there's a married couple as, as, as an example. Um, they, 
had been in relationship for four years, got married, and then over the next year didn't have sex. <laughs> because somehow during this time after the wedding, one of the, one of the people in the couple said a word, and that word was misunderstood by the other person. Just a single word. And that threatened to destroy the whole marriage. And so when they were in um, an intensive with us, my partner also works with me, um, on the third day, we were about to give up, <laughs> thinking everything is hopeless. Uh, we took an hour to completely deconstruct this entire moment that was so bad for them. And we found out that the word was just misunderstood. It was, it was heard in one meaning when it was not meant that in that meaning. And so um, later that day, they got back together, had sex for the first time in a year, and it was great. So, so what you're telling me is, I just have to, this is a little incredulous, but I know it happens all the time. You're telling me that one word misinterpreted changed the whole course of their relating for however long that was until they met you. Yes. <laughs> Those poor people. Yes. Um, but that, that's just you know, like a small example of what happens all the time. Um, right. Let's say, you know, you, you, you get out of bed and you, get ready for your day and you go to the breakfast table and, and you're, you both look each, at each other and there's kind of a blank look on, the, on your partner's face. And so now you, you go into self-criticism or doubt or insecurity. Oh, what does that expression mean? And now you're attacking yourself. And once you go down into the, that set of insecurities, you might start to have a not really nice look on your face that your partner sees. So who's going to fix this? And how? How will it be fixed? And it's just one of thousand, you know, one of, let's say, 20 or 25 moments in a day that can be positive or negative. And each one of them has a traumatizing effect, either unintentionally or because there's just not a methodology for processing these moments with each other. And so there's a, there's a lot of self-management that happens self-criticism or self you know just stories that are invented in people's minds about all these moments and it's really not that hard to do things differently and so that's covered in the book 
Yeah, so, you know, to me, I, I find it amazing for many reasons. One, because I guess I started doing workshops in the 70s. I started attending workshops in the 70s, and I started teaching workshops in the 70s. So I taught assertive communication. I t- there was a whole fad on assertiveness training. Right. People, that's where people learn to communicate. Then nonviolent communication was born. Right. The, uh, what you talked about, uh, you talked about peer counseling, which mm-hmm. I learned as co-counseling. Yep. And then there's the landmark forum. And then there's mm-hmm. there used to be LifeSpring, and there was and all of these things were communication devices. Landmark is still around, mm-hmm. um, and nonviolent communication is still around. Yes. And I'm amazed. I'm amazed that people live and tolerate. I mean, I'm just amazed that people tolerate so much story, so right. much, so much yes. BS that is, you know, and I'm, I'm not putting them down. Listen, if you're listening, if you're my loyal listener, you know about communication already because you've been <laughs> listening to me for so long. Some of you have been listening to me for 12 years. But the thing is, if you are walking around making up stuff about the way someone's eyebrow looks at you when you're at the breakfast table. Mm -hmm. You need to do something about that. That's not their problem. It's your problem. And it becomes only a bigger problem over time when, um, when there's no checking in, when there's no saying, you know, I'm really uncomfortable or, you know, whatever, there's no telling the truth. I think that, you know, Seva, when you came on the show earlier and you were saying, you know, I really like Sex and Happiness, the name of your show, to me, one of the reasons that I, the two are so connected is because um, the sex chakra, you know, the sacral chakra mm-hmm. has to be open to feel pleasure and the throat chakra has to be open to speak truth. And if you don't have permission for pleasure, it's really hard to speak your truth. And if mm-hmm. you don't ha- have permission to speak your truth, it's really hard to get pleasure. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It's, well, I just had to so, make that, that point yeah. you know, based on what you said. Yeah. Very good. That's so true. Um, pretty, I, I speak about that in a similar way, uh, a little bit more physiologically by bringing in the functions of the limbic system. Uh, the limbic system is a, a primitive part of the brain that controls a lot of our physiological expression. Um, and it controls our fight or flight response and it controls our sexual arousal. So when the system is more in fight or flight, it shuts down the sexual arousal system. So that's where the two are linked together. Like the literally the, the chemicals that uh, are for arousal are not able to release and let the capillaries of the erectile tissue open when there's trauma or when there's a fight or flight type of state one is in. And a reaction of insecurity or a reaction of fear, like, oh, my God, my partner's going to leave me or my partner's upset with me or 
something, little, just something tiny like that, boom. Now your genitals are going cold just immediately. So it's perfectly in one-to-one relationship ratio related to each other. Wow, I didn't know that. You are giving me new information. Maybe I knew it and heard it before. <laughs> I just, this time it really went in. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I, I do like, you know, so, I think. So with, that's uh, why people can. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say that um, I, I shifted to trying to understand the physiology of these things um, through my degree in psychology. Yeah, well, good, good job. Good, you know, really good job at that. I, I feel like uh, this, this could be the source of so much stuff. If one person is terrorized or afraid or, or in a story about the other, you know, and then the other goes out and has an affair or um, gets addicted to porn or whatever, all kinds of things. You know, I, I'm just going to tell you that one of my experts is a sleep expert, and he's been on my show a couple of times. Uh-huh. And um, he told me that a lot of times it's just sleep patterns. Like one yeah. person isn't sleeping enough, mm-hmm. and so they're so grumpy, and the other person takes it all personally. Right. Or that's they don't true. even know that's the problem. They don't know that's the problem. So right. now the, what you're doing about physiology is like, yeah, that's a whole other thing. It's hard to be in relationship. Yes, it, t- it takes some work. Um, what I, what I speak about, start to speak about in this book will be more in the next book is that, um, taking a little bit of effort to mitigate problems is so much easier than having to dig out from a well or climb out from a well of deeper problems, deeper issues. And if you just have a few habits that you can change and habits that you can bring in that as soon as you go in, as soon as there's something comes up, you have something you can respond with. It's a thousand times easier and saves, as I say in the book, it saves you about 3000 times the amount of time. Aho to you. And Cheryl, your partner, for working with people who, who ha- who are you know who haven't awakened yet to the fact that, you know, communication and relationship is their responsibility, and that they need to have good communication skills, etc. So, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And we're going to take a break. <laughs> so, Thanks. if you just tuned in again, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm speaking to Seva Kalsa. We're talking about really how to unravel the conflict that might be in your primary relationship, um, your love relationship, your relationship that you counted on and hoped for and planned for, and then it turns out kind of rotten. And it may be very simple to unravel the rot, but you have to do the work and you have to seek some help and not suffer alone. That's what I'm getting. You have to, you have to get some help and, really not tolerate your own suffering and your own stories and uh, not and start, yes. to, start to tell the truth 
to your partner and find a safe place to do that. Yes? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, Savin is going to tell you how to get the book, how to get in touch with him, uh, and uh, any other things. He may give you a tip, which I'm reminding him that I I want. Um, He may give you all a tip at the end, so stay tuned. We're coming right back. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach... I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. 6135 and say Lori Handler's told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for men. That's Venus, V E N U S, for men. We are back once again with Sex and Happiness. I'm Lori Handler's. I'm kind of excited by the prospect of what we've been talking about because. Um, I'm happy to know that some of my colleagues are working with people um, on some of the most basic communication skills and unraveling the troubles that they're having and having them go home and have great sex and be happy. So, I mean, that, uh-huh. <laughs> to me, that's, that's what my life is for. So, uh-huh. save, what, what would you tell people if they want to start? Let's say they're, they're not near you in Arizona, but maybe they could... Uh, Skype with you or um, have an email exchange with you. Mm-hmm. So one, how do they get in touch with you? And two, 
you know, what would you tell them as a tip to start looking at what's going on with them? So great. First we'll start with how do they get in touch with you? Uh, well, my website is love and sex mastery.com. And that's how they find you to start to make initial contact. There's, there's contact info there. Um, I've got a couple email addresses, uh, but uh, why don't we go with uh, Seva at loveandsexmastery.com. Great. Okay, wonderful. And then, and then the name of the book, as you mentioned, uh, When Lovers Attack, it's available on Amazon, both Kindle and paperback. The subtitle of the book is How to Stop Fighting and Get Back to Sex. That helps you to find it. Uh, the, and just in case you're... Uh, in, uh, doubting at all, there's a picture of a female ninja warrior on the on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> that's female, great. Female samurai that's warrior. Great. I say. Okay. Okay. Um, awesome. So that's contact stuff. Um, and I do I do uh, remote counseling, in person counseling, coaching. I should say. Um, and that's um, available. Okay, good. Very good. Now, do you have a tip? Any tip for people? Yeah, I think what under, underlies everything as a strategy is the word empathy. So when you can... Um, get out of your own head, out of your own reactions, out of your own triggering, and focus on your partner empathetically. That would mean you listen, you let them express themselves, you have in your mind and body not judgment, not preparing a, re a response of some type, not waiting to pounce upon every weakness that might be being revealed, to inquire with interest, to, you know, only to clarify or help your partner go more deeply into what needs to be expressed. And that that's all you need to do. You just receive or be giving them a feeling of safety to express. You let them express and it has no meaning. That's just, oh, okay, that's great information. Or that's, that, it's about the other person. It's not about you. It's about their expression comes out and they can do whatever they want with it. You don't have to do anything with it. It could be, that could be just that moment is over. Great. Now we move on. And it, you know, it can take time for the person expressing to integrate that emotion or thought or feeling and it can take time for you as a as the hearer 
to integrate also. But if you don't take it personally, as you mentioned earlier, then you're just, you're just having a space for that person to be him or herself. And it's not about you. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't have to take responsibility. You are just, the best thing you can do is just let them be, let it be, let the beauty or the sadness or the grief or whatever it is, insecurity, just be. Right. So good. Their stuff. Really good. You know, that's probably the way people are when they first meet and then they start taking yes. everything personally. So. Exactly. What you're saying is to come back to come back to the not knowing this person and the discovery and thinking everything is so cute um, like it mm -hmm. was in the beginning. Um, right. And that most of the meaning added was added by you. <laughs> <laughs> that is well said. Yes. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. it's great. It's great, Deva. Well, um, thank you so much for being my guest today. It was my pleasure to my pleasure to talk with you about well. all this. I'm looking forward to to seeing the book and um, and to seeing you. And I can't guarantee that's going to be in Sedona, but I can guarantee that it's going to happen because it does happen when we see each other. Yes. Um, it does. But thanks for so much creativity and putting that all down. And give us a little sneak peek. What's the next book going to be? Well, um, I have four other books that are partially written. Mm. Um, and whether the next one, originally my plan was the next one would be uh, the title, The Adorable Human Female, which goes into kind of a guidebook for men, how to appreciate women in all of their various forms and physically, emotionally, and sexually, of course. Wonderful. Really wonderful. That's great. Well, we'll have to have you on another, another podcast that we do, the Academy for Men podcast. That's very cool. So thank you for what you're doing. And um, all of my listeners, please tune in next time. Another amazing guest for you. I won't let you down. You will find sex and happiness. You just have to take some of the coaching and the advice that's given here on the show. <laughs> I love you. Thank you for listening. I couldn't do this without you. Um, and I, who would want to anyway? So thank you for being my loyal, wonderful listeners. This is Laurie Handler's. Signing off for Sex and Happiness. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.